Before I got up here, I briefly spoke to Cassandra, and she said, uh, "You must be praying. You must be preaching today." And uh, I was like, "Yeah," because the only time I tuck in my shirt is <laughs> weddings, funerals, and and when I preach. Usually, I'm, I'm pretty casual. Um, uh, but like ever said, my name is Jordan Arsenault, and my wife Nikki and I are some of the founding members of the South Suburban Vineyard Church. I'm so excited to be speaking to you this morning, and I also want to recognize those who are visiting for the very first time. Welcome. I also want to recognize those who are watching on our Facebook page live, and those listening to us on our website and through our iTunes podcast. You are more than welcome to visit with us here in Flossmoor, Illinois, if you're in the neighborhood. Uh, tomorrow is my birthday. But it's, it's not just my birthday. It's my identical twin's birthday. Uh, we're both turning 42 years old. Um, uh, and uh, I recently reached a major milestone in my life at 42 years old, or 41 years old. I'll be 42 tomorrow. And uh, that is that I recently became a hat dad. Yeah. So that's right. I became a hat dad. Up until this spring, I never really wore hats. Uh, maybe like a stocking cap if it was like cold outside. But generally speaking, I wasn't aware of baseball caps until we went to Orlando um, during spring break. And I became a hat dad because I realized that my son, my, my head was so sunburned um, uh, because of my wispy, uh, thin hair. Uh, it just was not enough to cover my pale skin noggin. Uh, so I've bought a few hats and I'm ready for the rest of my hair to fall out because now it will be sufficiently protected from the sun's ultraviolet rays. Before I was a hat dad, though, I was just a dad. And I want to thank my son Cam for that. On May 22nd, 2007, uh, my wife Nikki gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, Cameron Joseph Arsenault. He was seven pounds, nine ounces. Uh, Nikki and I decided early on that uh, we wouldn't wait long to have a baby after we got married. And so we thought, let's wait a year, and then uh, let's try to have a baby. Um, and we tried for a whole year, but nothing really happened. Uh, we took pregnancy test after pregnancy test, and I would get out my camcorder to record the big moment that, that she was pregnant. And uh, it was just heartbreaking disappointment every time. And it was disappointment that we didn't really share with anyone else. We'd pray about it with each other, but it wasn't something that we spread around to other people. Probably because we were a little embarrassed. So it was something that we just kept close to our chests. But that all changed one Sunday morning at our church in Urbana, the Vineyard Church of Central Illinois. It was a normal worship service with a sermon and, and music, and I couldn't tell you what the message was about. But afterwards, there was ministry time. And our senior pastor, Happy Layman, invited people in the congregation to come up for prayer. And during ministry time, 
he specifically mentioned this. I feel the Lord saying to me that there's a couple here who is having trouble getting pregnant. And the Lord wants you to know today that he is smiling on you. Of course, after we hear this from Happy, and this room held about a thousand people, obviously this was for us. <laughs> and we looked at each other and we had this warm feeling and we were like, we should, we should go out for prayer. Um, so we went forward to receive prayer and the couple that met us there was named Dave and Judy and they had just, they just happened to have trouble getting pregnant themselves about 30 years earlier. And now they were, they had many children. So it was very cool getting prayed for by them. But as we were getting prayer, uh, this guy walked up to us named Charles. And Charles is the church custodian. And he was still dressed in his cleaning clothes. And I believe he was up at the, at, during ministry time to pray for other people, but he wasn't praying for anyone. But he just kind of wandered over to us. And he said, I don't know what you guys are being prayed for about, but I just see this vision of you, and I see this spirit of new beginning all over your life. And I can't tell you how loved and comforted and strengthened that we felt in that moment. And we had this real sense that God was with us that morning. So after that day, we decided we need to share our struggle. We need to share, like, what's going on in our lives. And so in our small groups, we started telling people, hey, we're trying to get pregnant, nothing's really happening. And we started regularly receiving prayer. And at one of these small groups, a friend of ours named Shannon came. Shannon Allison. I scoured the internet to look for a picture of Shannon by herself. And it's really difficult. She's usually with her, her kids and her family. Did I do a good job? Okay. Maybe I should have consulted you ahead of time. I'm sorry. Um, and Shannon came to this small group, and she had said that she received an impression from the Lord that Nikki was pregnant. Um, what she described as Holy Spirit goosebumps. Do you remember this, Shannon? And that Nikki was pregnant in that moment. And so a little while after that, Nikki took a pregnancy test, and she was pregnant. And this is Cam today. This is Cam today. He's, he, he's 15 years old. Um, he'll be 16 years old in two weeks. Cam will always be a symbol of us, of God's faithfulness. A gift from him that we get to take care of for a little while, before we launch him into the world. And Nikki and I can't thank God enough for speaking to people close to us and for their willingness to share what they heard. I tell that story because I want to share an example of how three people, a pastor, a custodian, and a dear friend, all heard from the Lord in three different ways. How they were obedient in sharing it with us and how it encouraged, comforted, comforted and lifted us up when we needed it the most. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you believe the Lord is still speaking today? 
do you believe that the Lord can speak through you? Do you even want to hear from God for yourself and for other people? This morning I have the privilege of continuing a sermon series called Empowered. Our church and a number of other vineyard churches are going through this together. It's rare that we partner with other churches in our movement in a teaching series, but we are doing so as we head towards Pentecost Sunday, May 28th, when the broader church celebrates the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the disciples in Acts chapter 2. Luke, the author of Acts, writes this. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Everyone present became filled with the Holy Spirit. The goal of this series is to together gain some understanding about the role and the work of the Holy Spirit, because we believe in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Some churches call it the Holy Ghost. Some, um, some parts of the Bible, it's referred to as the Spirit of God. Now, in a room this size, it's very likely that there are some people who may have a very loose idea of what I'm talking about. So I'm going to explain it. In Christian theology, we have a belief in this person of the Holy Spirit. Christians believe in a doctrine called the Trinity, which states that God exists at all times as one God, but as three persons, equal in power and glory. It's a mystery. It's not fully comprehensible. That God exists as a single God, but also as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three distinct persons. Omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, holy, wise, good, just, and loving. The Spirit, as we understand it, is the means by which every Christian experiences God. Gino talked a little bit about this in the first week of this series, that Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father, but he left us an advocate, the Holy Spirit. So now we experience Jesus and the love of the Father through the Spirit present with us now. So if we're called to live the empowered life, we need the Holy Spirit's presence on a daily basis. And this is something that Renee talked about in her message last week. It's important that we're filled with the Spirit of God if we want Jesus to work on our behalf so we can please and obey the Father. In the first week of teaching, Gino gave us a refresher course from John 16, and he laid out how the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary for the believer to live the empowered life. And last week, Renee taught us about keeping in step with the Spirit, how walking in the Spirit requires an ongoing conversation, listening, and in communion with God. Today, I want to continue this series with a sermon that I'm simply calling Hearing from God for Other People. Hearing from God for Other People. And when I say hearing from God for Other People, what I'm talking about 
is something called prophecy. It's a religious word, one that has many connotations, and depending on your church background and your upbringing, it's a scary word for some people, and other people very comfortable with prophecy. Today my goal is to demystify the word. So when I say prophecy, I simply mean hearing from God for other people, and then telling them about it. I want to use the story of our experience in that sanctuary in Urbana almost 16 years ago as a way to help you understand who can hear from God, how to hear from God, and the easiest way to get started. Uh, but before we do that, let me pray. Come Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, like the song said, we want to make room for you to do whatever you want to. And uh, we want you to shake up the ground of all our traditions and break down the walls um, of, of anything that would keep us from hearing from you, Lord. I ask, Lord, that you would just put this subject on a really low shelf for people. Um, I pray, Father, that we would be convicted to make room for you and to hear from you um, because we want more of your wisdom and we want more of your presence. So God, I just ask that you would just open the ears of everyone listening, open their hearts to listen, and let your kingdom come and will be done in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the first point that I want to pull out from my story is this. Anyone can hear from God. Anyone can hear from God. If you notice from our story, the spiritual pedigree of the person who heard from God wasn't really a factor. I mean, sure, our pastor, Happy Layman, he founded the church in Urbana. He was a longtime pastor there. But God didn't just speak to him. The custodian at the church who probably was scrubbing toilets earlier that morning, also heard from God. And our friend Shannon, who told, Nikki, who told us that my wife Nikki was pregnant, would eventually help found this church with her husband Gina and co-lead the South Suburban Vineyard Church. But at the time, she was just in her mid-20s, and she was teaching group exercise classes in Champaign-Urbana. The vocation of the one hearing from the Lord didn't matter. And the age of the person hearing from the Lord didn't matter. And the gender of the person hearing from the Lord didn't matter. God was speaking through all three to us. And this makes a lot of sense if you know about Pentecost. We're going to look back at Acts chapter 2 again. If you, and if you want to follow along, there are Bibles at the edge of each road. road. Uh, you can use your device if you have one, and it also be uh, projected on the screens in front of us. So like we read before in Acts chapter 2, after the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples and a sound from heaven like a mighty windstorm happens. Afterward, Luke writes that there were many reactions to this from the people around. And some people were amazed, and some people were perplexed, and people didn't know what to think, 
And there were other people that said, they sound like they're drunk. They must be drunk. And Peter wouldn't let this go. This is how he responded to those people in, starting in verse 14. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. I love that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. So Peter is quoting the prophet Joel, who wrote from the Lord, saying, God will pour out his spirit on all people. All people. It doesn't sound like anyone is disqualified. Sons and daughters hear from the Lord. Young people hear from the Lord. Old people hear from the Lord. Even lowly servants, regardless of social status, hear from the Lord. Amen? Amen. In the Vineyard Movement, we have this saying, everyone gets to play. You see it on our coffee cups. It's not just the super-Christians who get to hear from God. It's everyone. And you might say, Jordan, not me, though. Uh, there's no way I could speak for God for someone else. You should hear my dirty mouth. You should hear what I said in the van on the way here. I curse up a storm, and I tell obscene jokes. And surely God can't speak through me. And I would say, actually, you have a lot in common with the prophet Isaiah, who proclaimed within a vision of God's holy throne room, I have filthy lips, and I live among people with filthy lips. And yet the Lord cleansed him, and he spoke through him for other people. And you might say, Jordan, not me. I am stubborn and cruel, and I want bad things to happen to people that I don't like. <laughs> and surely God can't speak through me. And I would say, you have a lot in common with a pagan prophet paid to curse the Israelites named Balaam while they were in Moab. But he wasn't able to curse them because God would only allow him to bless them. And God even gave his donkey the ability to speak to show Balaam that God can use anyone or anything to get his message across. And you might say, Jordan, I'm a kid. I can't even keep my nose clean, let alone turn my assignments in on time at school. I get in fights with my brother and sister, and surely God can't speak through me. And I would say, you have a lot in common with the prophet Samuel, who first heard from God when he was a little boy in his pajamas in the middle of the night. Uh, like Gino said in the first week of this series, there is no junior Holy Spirit. 
everyone gets to play. In the Vineyard Movement, we believe that everyone can hear from the Lord, that God is pouring out His Spirit on all people. And we don't have offices of prophet or prophetess like some churches do. Not that there's anything wrong with that always. But it's just that hearing from God is something we believe we can expect from everyone. And if someone hears from God a lot, we don't call them prophets. We just say, that person hears from God a lot. <laughs> like, after service, you should get prayer from Eugene. He hears from God a lot. Um, you might want to get prayer from Denise after service. She hears from God a lot. The second point that I want you to notice from my story is that people hear from God differently. People hear from God differently. If you notice, our pastor, Happy Lehman, he got specific words from the Lord. And he repeated those words to us. He said, the Lord is smiling on you. He didn't explain how he got these words, whether they were like audibly given to him or just an impression. On the other hand, the custodian, Charles, he came over and had a vision. He saw something around us, like something radiating, what he described as a spirit of new beginning. And then our friend Shannon, it was a physical reaction in hearing from God. Goosebumps. God was speaking to her through the hair follicles on her arm. And that was a signal to her that my wife Nikki was pregnant. The Holy Spirit was speaking through three different people in three different ways. You know, I mentioned Balaam's story earlier, the pagan prophet who could only bless Israel. And that can be found in the book of Numbers. And for our, for our kids, the book of Numbers is kind of like the Instagram reels of the Israelites' time in the wilderness. Um, you get this chapter-by-chapter chapter telling of their meandering, disastrous 40-year journey following the cloud of God's presence from Mount Sinai eventually to the Promised Land. And in chapter 12, they're on their way to the wilderness, and pretty much everybody is angry with Moses. Um, they're hungry, and they're thirsty, and... Even his siblings, they publicly ridicule him because he married outside of his ethnicity. And uh, they're also mad for another reason. And that's where we pick up in verse 1, Numbers chapter 12. Uh, While they were at Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any person on earth. So immediately the Lord called Moses, Aaron, and Miriam and said, Go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. So the three of them went to the tabernacle. The Lord descended in the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called, and they stepped forward. And the Lord said to them, Now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. I speak to him face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. 
So the Lord is laying out to Miriam and Aaron how he speaks differently to different people. He says he speaks in dreams. He reveals himself in visions. And with Moses, he speaks face to face. People can hear from God by all sorts of means. And it sounds like the key is to be open to it. There's even a footnote in this passage about Moses, that he's more humble than any person on the earth at that moment. So this is a reminder to us that we need to be humble when we're trying to hear from God. Um, on Tuesday, in our small group, we're going through the Alpha course, and uh, we got to pray for each other at the end. And while I was praying, I got this random image in my head. And it was very similar to this. It was an open mouth, like, leather tool bag. Just randomly popped into my head. And so I was like, should I share this? Do people want to know about this bag that appeared in my head? Maybe I just, maybe I just want, maybe I've been on Amazon, on Amazon too, too long. So as I shared it with the group, I didn't fully understand what it meant. But as I explained it, I felt like God was saying that we need to be open to spiritual gifts and that God wants to use each of us like a tool in his hand to accomplish specific tasks in the church. I felt like I was hearing from God in a vision for the benefit of the people in that group and probably for this group today so that I could actually share that story. The third point that I want to highlight from my story, and by far the biggest takeaway that I want you to get from this sermon today, is that the easiest way to hear from God is to pray for other people. If you want to hear from God, pray for other people. Because the entire context by which people heard from God in our situation was through prayer ministry. Happy heard from God from the pulpit during ministry time. And the custodian saw a vision while waiting to pray for people. And Shannon got goosebumps after people prayed for us at small group. And I think prayer ministry is a target-rich environment to hear from God because of the way that we pray for each other. Jesus taught us to say, let your kingdom come soon and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we ask for daily bread from the Lord, spiritual gifts that equip us to serve him better. And this makes sense knowing the New Testament purpose of prophecy as outlined by the Apostle Paul. We're next going to be reading from Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians. And it's a chastising letter addressing various issues within the church. And in this section, he's talking about their services and how the Holy Spirit uses everyone in different ways to bless the community. You know, chapter 13 is the one that's super famous. It's the one all about love, and we usually read it at weddings. But in chapter 14 is where we'll pick up Paul's teaching. And we'll start in verse 1. Let love be your highest goal, but... You should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. 
you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Praying for people is a great way to hear from God because we're always, almost always, praying from a posture of strengthening, comforting, and encouraging, right? It only makes sense that if the true purpose of strengthening, encouraging, and comforting, if that's the true purpose of prophecy, then praying for others is the ideal New Testament vehicle by which to hear from God. So if you desire to hear from God, my best advice to you is to pray for other people. And if you want to hear from God something for yourself, ask someone else to pray for you. One of the best things about being a Christian is that the Lord puts us in the blessed community around us for our benefit. You know we will never achieve a point in our relationship with God where we no longer need other people. The more we grow in Christ, the more we need each other. The way the kingdom of God works is in relationships. The Holy Spirit is available to all of us and guides us through God's Word and through musical worship and through personal prayer time and other spiritual disciplines. But praying for other people, in my experience, is the easiest way to hear from God for the benefit of the body. Amen? So I want to close today with some frequently asked questions regarding prophecy. And so these are just some FAQs that you may be thinking as I spoke today. And the first question is this. Do I have to? <laughs> I mean, is it absolutely required that I hear from God and speak for God for other people? Well, Paul answers this question regarding spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. He says in verse 29, Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So the answer to your question, do I have to, is no. You don't have to hear from God for other people. But if you'll notice, there's an asterisk next to no. Because as we read earlier in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. So even though you don't have to hear from God for other people, I would say that you should desire to. Like, God wants to bless the church through you. And God wants to bless you through the church. And prophecy is a gift. It is a gift for you to give away to other people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. The prophet Joel said that the Lord would pour out his spirit on all people. So why not be willing to hear from the Lord for the sake of uplifting his church? Amen? Amen. The second frequently asked question I want to answer is, what if what I hear from God isn't strengthening, encouraging, and comforting? 
Like, what if I hear something negative from the Lord about someone? After all, if you're familiar with the Old Testament prophets, there's a lot of negative stuff they're giving regarding judgment for Israel and its enemies. And it isn't strengthening, encouraging, or comforting. It's challenging. It's corrective. Well, Ted Kim, who is the pastor at the Evanston Vineyard, he has three possibilities if you feel like you're getting some bad news from the Lord when you're praying for someone. He says the first possibility could be that you're wrong. You could be wrong. There's a phrase that you often hear in the vineyard, and it goes, maybe it was just bad pizza. <laughs> like sometimes we get our signals crossed, and we aren't actually hearing from God. And that's okay. That's part of what it means to have humility in all of this. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, this is Paul writing, he says, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything and hold on to the good. So if there's something strange about it, like if it's not in conformity with God's word, the wisdom of God's word, or it's negative, maybe it's wrong. But there's a second possibility. Ted says that it may be a signal from God that you need to pray. You just need to pray more. Sometimes God reveals something to us because he wants us to pray and intercede for that person rather than sharing it directly. So pray for a solution to the negative thing rather than saying exactly what it is. Because if it's just going to cause the person to feel judged and unworthy of God's mercy, it's not going to do any of the things that are the purpose of prophecy. God could really be revealing to you something that is negative because what we hear from God isn't always warm and fuzzy. But how it lands on the person you're praying for is really important to consider. There's one more possibility that Ted says if you feel like the Lord isn't giving you something strengthening and encouraging and comforting, and he says, uh, you need to listen some more. Like, maybe you didn't listen long enough. So don't just ask God to fix it. Stay there a little longer and see what God ultimately wants to say. You know, God isn't going to give you a diagnosis. He usually wants to give you a prognosis, too. The final frequently asked question I want to answer as it pertains to hearing from God, and worship team, you guys can come up, is what is a way to pray for people where hearing from God comes naturally? How do I pray and hear from God naturally? Like, we want this to be as organic as possible, right? Like, we don't want any hyper-manipulation there. We just want God to come in a naturally supernatural way. What's great about this question is that anyone from our student ministry who is here in this room can answer the question. You just have to ask them. Because on most weeks, our students in student ministry are learning and practicing how to pray for other people. And they're using something called the five-step prayer model. Ask, invite, pray, check, plan. So this is kind of how it goes. This is the vineyard prayer model. And the first thing you need to do is very obvious. You need to ask what the person needs prayer for. Then you invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. And then you wait. And you might have to wait for a little while. 
but you wait. And remember, God speaks in different ways. You could receive words, or a picture of a tool bag, or goosebumps. And then you begin to pray what they, for, for what they ask for prayer for. And then you share what you feel like God is saying. And you want to make sure it's comforting, strengthening, and encouraging. So number one, you ask. Number two, you invite. Number three, you pray. And then number four, you check. Did what you felt you heard from God land on that person well? Do you need to pray again if it was something negative? What physical reaction did you see from the person as, they pray, as you prayed? How are they feeling after receiving prayer? So after you ask them what they want prayer for, you invite the Holy Spirit, you pray, you check and see how they're doing, and finally, you plan to pray again. And you can pray immediately, or you can wait a little while to pray, but you just keep con- the conversation going because you can always hear more from God. At the beginning of this message, I was joking around, and I said that I was now a hat dad. But I feel like today God is calling us to put on new hats in our own lives. And the new hat is God wanting us to wear the gift of hearing from him and an eager desire to receive it. There's nothing special about hearing from God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Anyone can do it because we serve an all-powerful, all-knowing God who is everywhere at all times. He speaks through us, not because we are special, but because he is great. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, come. Father, I thank you that you are here with us. I just feel like I should pray for people who are afraid. Um, Father, I ask that you would just fill people with courage to step out in faith. Father, I pray that you would just move obstacles in people's way um, that prevent them from hearing from you. I pray that you would remove um, any doubt or um, feeling judged or unworthy of hearing from you. I pray, Father, that uh, you would use our young people powerfully in this way. I pray, Father, that this would be a rhythm of their life. That they would see needs in the community, that they would meet them, but that they would also pray and make room for you to speak. Let your kingdom come soon, and let your will be done in this place. And during ministry time, I pray, Father, that people would hear from you.
I pray for new daily bread from you. Would you speak? In Jesus' name.